Greetings, everybody! Welcome back to Early Bird Spoilers! <laughs> Greetings! <laughs> oh, I don't... Which episode did I do it? I think it was, like, the second episode. I started with just leaning as close as I could into the mic and just, like... Greetings. Now you've done it again. Hello, everyone. We're back with was... some ASMR. <laughs> this is the last episode anyone other than us listened to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anyway, we're here today to... Uh, I don't... I feel like I'm actually going to be moving more now that I have a mic in my face and I'm going to be inconsistently volumed. That's unfortunate because we're it's all about me today. Screw Flamingo for a second. Um, <laughs> if Yeah, we're trying something different today anyway. You know, I could just mute him if I wanted to and nobody else could hear a thing and you wouldn't Rude. be able to do a dang thing about it. This is our first episode where we're... Feelings would know. <laughs> the first episode where we're recording from different places. So, yeah, over the internet. Unfortunately, this scrub can't record things, so he can't just send me the files and I have to do it all on my end. So who knows how well this is going to turn out, but... Not as good as it usually is. Probably. That's a bold assumption. To even use the word good for our content. Not as aggressively mediocre as it usually is. Fair enough. I praise from me. All right, but yeah, today I am introducing you all to this fantasy world I have built called Rizaya. And, uh... Let me just open up. I should have done this beforehand, but open up some uh, brief uh, overviews of the things I want to talk about. Yeah, there we go. It's just one world. Yep, it's just one world. I mean, that makes sense, but for some reason I never realized that. Like, I knew a lot of them were on the same, you know, planet, but because of the species, but just some others seemed uh what's the word i don't know like disconnected how so i guess uh like like visser you should have when you told me about it you never uh, mentioned any of your species in the story you're but right then I now, now that I'm, yeah now that i'm thinking about it there weren't that many characters you mentioned at all all right anyway but yes this world is called rizaya and so like i said it's a fantasy world there is not any like you know, it's got the general medieval times vibes because I don't know why. I'm not like a huge fan of mixing fantasy and sci-fi. Like, I don't like those two together. I'm okay with fantasy and modern, but... Rizaya. <laughs> Rizaya, yes. Um, so, I guess... I don't know where to start with this. I'll start with the, like... The continents first. I've got Rizaya separated into three continents. Yeah, either it's much smaller than Earth or these are super continents because that's less than half of what Earth has. Uh, or more water. Nah. Honestly, I imagine one of the continents being like at least half the size of North and South America combined. Well, then... 
now I'm gonna imagine less gravity. And every time you tell me a story, everyone's gonna be like moonwalking. <laughs> anyway, so I'll give a brief overview of each of the continents. You've got, of course, the moment I go to talk about them, they leave my mind. You've got Quenisol. There it is. Quenisol is a continent that is like the most traditionally medieval. You've got the monarchies, the kingdoms spanning the basically the entire continent, ruled by all kinds of different people. They've all got their own cultures, yada yada. And then I can't say this is like a hard, fast rule for the continent, but this is generally how I categorize it in my mind, is it's the most like prejudiced continent, basically. Because this is the one where like humans are pretty much completely in charge here because they are by far the most populated. Is this the Kelwick continent? Yes, this is actually most of the story's continents. Okay, so starting with something I'm familiar with. Yes. One question, mostly for me. Have the peoples traveled between continents, I mentioned? They're separated by water. Do they know about each other? Oh, yeah, they definitely know about each other. Is there, like, trade or just kind of like, oh, there's some people far off that, like, you know, we have stories about them, and, like, a few people alive have met them, but, like, we don't really interact with them, or... There is trade between the continents. In fact, one of the other continents relies pretty heavily on it for that coastline. Um, but for the most part, like due to the cultural differences between the continents, they tend to keep to themselves. Like they don't generally, you know, visit each other that much. Makes sense. Say. Except for, of course, the quintessalic people <laughs> a lot of them try to get out of that continent that also makes sense <laughs> <laughs> or not it makes sense who would be trying to get out of that continent as well mm -hmm. but yeah that's like a pretty big part of kelwick's story which we'll talk about next time but yeah like going along with the racial prejudice in quintessal I don't think I ever like fully explained that. I all I said was humans are in charge, yeah, and they kind of oppress all the other people of this world, which I'll get into. Quenisol also tends to be pretty strict, uh, strictly against magic, which understandable, yes, but also no, because it's cool, and you can't yeah, convince just, me otherwise. It's a messed up thing to hate, like. Magic is sick, and it, you know, can help benefit society, but, you know. Which also... is stances other characters take, but also you have people like <clears throat> Visser, who, if he really wanted to, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, but, like, he's a special case where even if he was there, like, even, like, I'm pretty sure even as, like, a baby, right, he still would have been invincible, Right. Uh, tell that to his brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> That's true. <laughs> wow, I'm throwing shade at Visser, and I haven't even, like, written him down yet. So the other continents. Yeah, other continents. So, yeah, that's the basics of 
Quenisol. Um, I'm probably going to have to change this name of this continent for my own sanity because I've always been calling it Cronaria, right? C-R-O-N-A-R-I-A. But I recently realized, and I hate it, like, I don't know if it came from Star Fox first or if that's just what they call the stage in Smash. Cronaria? Yeah, it's so... (laughs) It's too similar for me. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but yeah, neither did I until I saw it. And I'm like, mm. I mean, you could spell it with a K instead. Then it would be different. No, isn't theirs spelled with a K? No, I swear it was. It's not. I play way too much Smash, and it's definitely a C. Anyway, we'll get into that some other time. So placeholder name for now (laughs) is Cronaria. And this is like one I wanted to give a sort of Wild West vibe to. Let's give a little bit of an image for this. This is a continent that is, it stretches more north and south than it does east to west, right? Right. And, uh, And yet there's this mountain range going along almost like the entire eastern coastline like there's several miles from the mountains to the to the coast right but yeah but that um that mountain range basically divides divides the continent from like the quote unquote civilized part and the you know wild part cuz everyone who lives on the coastline because of the access they have to trading and stuff They've got, you know, big cities and whatnot, even some uh, varying forms of government over there. Meanwhile, on the other side of the mountain range, which is where all kinds of different creatures live, not just like the people of the world, but like you've got, I'm not going to explain these at this exact moment, but dragons should be pretty self-explanatory. The European kind, we're not messing with the Asian kinds of dragons, because those are basically just gods. Um, But yeah, you got dragons, you got Arthrocilia, which are other large creatures that are very dangerous. You've got the unholy beasts, which we've mentioned before, but I never actually explained. Uh... (laughs) And you're constantly bagging on them. You're like, oh, I'm going to get rid of them. No, I never said I was going to get rid of them or bag on them. I just said I might not add them into the stories. Oh, okay. They are 100% canon. See. But if they're if they never do anything, then like are they really there, you know? Yeah, I know. Don't worry, we can argue about this again another time. <laughs> I am an advocate of beasts. I just Okay, never mind. I'm not getting into it. Not now. We're trying to keep this brief. Oh, yeah, and then Cronaria. So it's like on the western side of the mountain range, like I said, Wild West, there's not really any government over there. Any form of quote-unquote law enforcement is just bounty hunters. No city is really that large. It's mostly just like various settlements, stuff like that. So nobody... So unlike uh, Quenisol, nobody really is for or against magic inherently. It's just kind of a thing there, right? 
Yeah. If you tell somebody you can do magic, they're like, cool story, bro. Yeah. Or they, you know, just is like a thing. Like they can use it. Like maybe they'll ask you for help or they'll be more afraid of you if you have magic, but not like afraid of the magic itself. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, again, there's no like inherent racial prejudice here. There's, it's just like you do you, I do me. The true champions of the world. So you would think. But then there's the third continent, Trinsa, which in my mind is like obviously the best place to live. Unless you like anarchy, then go to Cronaria. Yeah. <laughs> but Trinsa is, uh, yeah, like I've said, I categorize these three continents basically by their uh, openness to, I guess, different concepts and ideas. Trinsa is by far the most open. They openly embrace magic. In fact, they've got their own Harry Potterish esque school of teaching it. They encourage, like, mingling between the continents and stuff, you know, just diversity in general. They're just trying to start their world order, the globalists. <laughs> I'm I <sorry>. mean, <laughs> I could have helped myself. Uh, I mean, like, if you got the wrong person at the top, yeah, they could probably do it pretty well. Oh, they could do it, but they haven't. They haven't, yeah. They're the actual champions, then. Yeah, they're, they tend to be pretty cool. They're the cool neighbor, the chill, the chill neighbor. Mm-hmm. You can understand why Kellick wanted to go there. Yeah, and purely from like a storytelling perspective, you can see why most of the stories take place in the worst one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stories are about conflict, so the continent with the most conflict has the most stories. Oh, yeah, it does. I never clarified like why I'm explaining this world beforehand. <laughs> um, so like, with my sci-fi universe, like, I've already given one story, and that has all the context you need within it. Theoretically, I hope so. Um, but for my fantasy universe, it's like, all these things, well, not all these things, but like, you know, a lot of this information is stuff you need to know beforehand, before going into the story. Otherwise, I have to explain it every single time, and I really don't want to do that. So every time I go to a story in my fantasy universe, I'm going to refer you back to this episode if you haven't done it already. Listen to it, whatever. Think about how good you would be at explaining things yeah, that, yeah. like the 10th time. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to go down that path. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to another feature of this world, which is the different races. Mm -hmm. I have a quick question before we start, Professor. But since there's travel, all the different races are on all the different continents, right? Yes. And there's the one with mostly humans on it, right? Are they kind of unwelcome in the other places, at least a little bit, because of like how awful they are on like their main continent? Sorry, I'm trying to figure out this question. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying it, are humans, like, 
a little prejudiced regardless of where they are or uh, yeah that and like i'm already spacing the names the wild west continent Cronaria. yeah are like humans almost on like less welcome there like oh maybe... you're asking if humans from the other continents are less welcome on Quinnesaw? or no just like all different aspects on Quinnesaw are like people from there less welcome in the other two places because they're oh. raised in this environment and the other way around are humans from outside as unwelcome inside uh let's see let's say for other people coming into Quinnesaw, right they would probably not be very welcome there because they're bringing all these radical new ideas and whatnot and <laughs> Quinnesaw is you know not very open to that right but going outward like if Quinnesalic people were to go other places they'd still be welcome they might uh have to face the consequences of social norms over there or even legal norms depending on how they approach their move, but okay, so they wouldn't be unwelcome. Their actions and ideas would be unwelcome if they were to continue acting in the same way. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And one more question: like, there's the human kind of dominance on Quenisol. Is do any other species dominate on either of the other two continents, or is it like a pretty thorough mixing? Um, well, regardless of where you go, humans are going to be the most common. Like, anywhere, humans are going to outnumber all the other species combined, probably like three to one. Uh, but on continents besides Quinnesaw, like, the the other races tend to have just as much of a say as humans do. Okay, that makes sense, and I... I mean, obviously, due to numbers, you're more likely to find humans at the top of the ruling systems and whatnot, but... Yeah, and that's something I've seen before in fantasy, how when they have humans with other species, they usually have mostly humans. Yeah, if you've got... I mean, I've made all these other species physically superior to humans. Can't have too many of them, or otherwise they're going to run the place down. <laughs> that's true, having sick beefy monsters or monsters air quotes is very fun and one of the main draws to fantasy for me mm -hmm. like can you imagine if in lord of the rings elves were more populated than humans yeah they i mean would just wipe the floor with everyone if they wanted to I don't know why we always go back to the because <laughs> <laughs> I imagine there's probably some history in the Middle Earth history where there were more elves and they were like dominating everyone, but I don't know. I had a a friend who read a lot of Lord of the Rings and Silmarillion and whatnot, you know, Middle Earth stuff, and <laughs> he said. I I can I have no way of confirming this, but he said that like before the days of Sauron and whatnot, elves were made tougher back then. Like two elves apparently took down an army of Balrogs or something. 
excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I need to learn more. It's always just like cool and wild stuff. And I'm like, I should I should look into that more, but I'm never going to. Mm hmm. Anyway, I still haven't gotten into my races yet. <laughs> yes, this is this going is... to be the hardest part to explain. But also the most important part, I think. Yes, this is the most important part because these races are constantly within these stories. The only ones they're like not as present in is Visser's story because that's such a personal one for him. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to be... I'm going to try not to embarrass myself by being like, oh, that's what it is. Because I just learned about all these so long ago that I've probably like warped them in my mind. Probably. They've all changed slightly. So I'm, I'm just way off. I'm just comfortable with the idea that you won't think any of them are Machamp. Hey. The Ragnar, basically. Space Lizard Machamp. <laughs> anyway but so, I will be comparing all of them to Pokemon so that's okay. just gonna happen <laughs> good luck because Kenrappas are the first ones I'm going with because they were the first ones I saw in this document I'm looking at um, and the easiest to explain because I just based them heavily off werewolves so let's see I would just say imagine a werewolf and you've essentially got a Canrappa, but let's get a little more specific. I specifically based them off of 2004 Van Helsing's starring Hugh Jackman <laughs> werewolves. Yeah, looking it up right now. I know <laughs> I saw that movie at your house one time, but it was a while ago. Mm -hmm. And they aren't like the, they don't like hunch over and go on all fours or anything. Like they stand up right, like humans do, but. While you're looking that up, I can mention that they tend to be bigger and stronger than all the other species on this planet. They usually have fur ranging from, like, in color, black to gray to brown, varying shades of all those, occasionally white. Sometimes they can have, like, different combinations of the colors and whatnot, but usually they're one solid color. So like wolves. Yeah. Makes sense. They're the wolf people. In fact, until I called them can can rappers, I literally just called them werewolves for the longest time because I was like, that's just their placeholder name. Yeah. And obviously no transformations happening. Yeah, no, they are always wolf form. The humanoid wolf form. And they're freaking beefy compared to other other species of this world one in particular is particularly beefy <laughs> yes there's one that is extra beefy i ordered a large boy with beefy arms that that's him that's him uh, all right moving on i hope that's a good enough picture for you because i don't know how else to explain it I mean, I looked up a literal picture, so yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be too hard for people to imagine. <laughs> anyway, next we'll go with the Angnasi, which is the plural for Angnasa. And these are the snake people. Yeah, you gotta have. I'm not remarkably original with these people, so uh, 
we'll just call that good. But these are one of two species in this world that don't have legs. The Agnosi are actually like the serpentine kind of tail and everything. They do move like snakes with the exception of usually having their upper torso upright. Although they can just go all the way down if they want to move fast. And uh, imagine any feature of snakes and they can probably have those. So, yeah. They have arms, though, right? Yes, they do have arms. Should have yeah, mentioned I was, that. I was going to say, like, I swear one of them was wielding a weapon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, although I should say, like, there is one feature about these snake people that I just use for my own ease of mind and exit, whatever. You know the the cobra hoods? Right? Right. Only the males in this world have that. And all the males have that. Meanwhile, the females don't. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's the only that like snake feature that isn't that is exclusive between certain Yeah, you get the idea? Whatever. Yeah, are they distantly related to dragons in any way? No. Not at all? I mean, not unless you consider they were all made by the goddess of life. Okay, so they were all just made. Screw you, Darwin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, these species were made in this world. Uh, Yeah. Although, if we want to go there, we can go to the ones that are literal descendants of dragons, which are (laughs) the dragonborns. Goddess of creation literally said, I'll show you my origin of species. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just some Darwin puns for all my Darwin fans out there. Mm-hmm. But dragonborns are an especially rare species because they are the literal offspring of dragons. They are just half dragon, half whatever the heck else you want. The dragon trait is completely dominant, so... They're just classified as their own species. There are differences between, like, you know, a dragon human and a dragon marsfix, or are they basically the same because of their dominant dragon genes? They're essentially the same. Nice. Mm hmm. I mean, there might be, like, small differences, but if anything, it'd be more personality than physical. And probably just how they're raised, assuming that they aren't raised by their single dragon parent (laughs) what kind of dragon would raise a dragonborn (laughs) yeah but then also it sounds like they're probably not really getting raised very much at all because their life is so long and their non-dragon parent is just gonna die before them yeah (laughs) no we don't have to get depressing (laughs) like that (laughs) That's messed up, man. <laughs> I didn't even think about that until now. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things Visser knows he's faced with. Ah, oh, crap, even I just worse. gave it away. <laughs> I was like, even worse, though, because he had a brother, but <laughs> yeah. to share his life with, but now he doesn't anymore. <laughs> yeah. I just realized this whole time we've been so good about being so vague about Visser other than he's powerful. Dang, I just gave away that he's a dragonborn. Oh, well. But yeah, dragonborns. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's spoilers. Yeah. Uh, 
You can't get uptight about spoiling future spoilers. <laughs> I know. I just want to keep anybody who might ever find this podcast on the edge of their seat for the Visser episode that we always tease is coming, but then it probably never does. <laughs> it better come. I want to talk about it more. <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> We're talking about it more. All right. But yeah, Dragonborns are definitely the biggest of all these species. You know, they got the dragon traits. Biggest, strongest. And these are the only species that, regardless of where you are, everyone kind of has their... Oh, crap. What's the word I'm looking for? I used prejudice earlier, but that's not the word I'm looking for this time. Their preconceived notions about dragonborns, I guess. Right? Yeah. Because being half dragon and having so many of those dominant traits, you know, dragons aren't exactly... They're... You know, they're sapient beings, but they aren't known for being nice people. Uh, (laughs) So people kind of translate that to the dragonborns themselves. Which I imagine is often the case. Yeah, it can be. (laughs) I mean... Do you want to... Do you want to clarify, you have been using, like, you said that they're the biggest, like, what does that mean? Okay, yeah, I should give a a unit of measurement here. So, in my mind, the average height for a human in this world is about five foot six, right? Right. And when I say, like, werewolf, not, see, I'm doing it already, can rap us. When I say canrapas are like the biggest of the common species, that means they're probably standing like just above six feet on average, maybe. And then dragonborns are probably averaging around seven. That is very tall. Yeah. So there's your frame of reference, I guess. Thank you. It's very useful. Mm hmm. And then, uh, Let's go down to the next ones. I think this might be like my most reoccurring non-human species in protagonists, especially. It's, it's Marsfix. Yep, it's Marsfix. Also my personal favorite. Oh, thank you. Uh, Marsfixin for plural. Um, but yeah, these are... who these are the hardest ones to describe in my mind. Uh, <laughs> so I based them heavily off kangaroos. And they're like kind of kangaroo-monkey hybrids. They've got... Just mostly imagine a pretty kangaroo-shaped head, like the ears and everything. They probably have that. They've got their... They tend to have, like, you know, brownish, tannish fur, like kangaroos, of all kinds of shades of that, but it's mostly staying within there. Although, I don't know how a kangaroo fruit kangaroos fur feels but mars fixin tend to have like pretty short really soft fur soft soft yes that's something i never thought about i always kind of imagined them as like just you know bristly almost Hmm. interesting yeah the most bristly ones would probably be the next but yeah uh mars fixin Oh, yeah, so they're like the tree-dwelling species of this world. You know, they're not, like, exclusively living in trees, but they do like to spend their time up there. Oh, yeah, and they've got, like, this 
long monkey-like tail, I guess. Oh, it's pretty strong. It is strong enough to hold their weight. Not strong enough for them to, like, you know, use it as, let's say, a second arm for a sword or whatever. But, you know, it can hold them, but it's not, like, utility much. Right. And it would just be kind of awkward because it would slide around on the tail, I feel like. Yeah. Although I imagine it wouldn't be too hard to design a weapon like designed to go on the tail like maybe like a just like a blade or something yeah i mean you could probably do that i haven't thought about that Hmm. i might implement that we'll talk later i'll steal all your ideas (laughs) we'll talk later (laughs) uh but i should mention that of all the species that have legs except for humans and occasionally dragonborns they're all digitigrade, which if you don't know what that means, look it up. Um, We're actually looking it up. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I feel like I have to get as specific as possible with these things just to ease my own mind. But I don't know. They've only got like four f- fingers, including their thumb to me. You know, they're one fewer fingers than humans. Also, Ken Rappas have that too. But and then <laughs> I've played with so many designs for their feet because I have no idea what to do it as. Because like, how do you balance this like this species that lives in trees but also are like well known for their jumping capabilities? Because because these bad boys can jump. Let me tell you. You think black people can jump? These these guys got nothing (laughs) (laughs) what it's not even a myth i have seen the difference between black people jumping and white people jumping first-hand experience i was on the high jump team in high school (laughs) the one one black guy that went to our high school (laughs) please there were like three (laughs) yeah i'm sorry to the other two (laughs) i forgot um but yeah, so like their feet, I imagine like at this point, the design I've got in mind is like sort of, you know, bird shaped feet, the three toes in the front. And then is that technically a toe in the back <laughs> coming out of the heel? I think it's Whatever. a toe. Um, but yeah, like that. But they're not the what are bird feet even made out of? It's not. Is it skin technically? Because it's like hard. I think I think it's skin. Either way, it's not that. They're not like that. Um, you you could probably compare like the actual composition of their foot, besides the shape, more to a, you know, a chimp or a gorilla or whatnot. Interesting. So they've got the, they've got the tough pads on the bottom to, you know, prevent them from getting scraped up by tree bark and whatnot. See, I've always imagined them more cat-like than you're describing. Yeah, I mean, I probably have two at some point. <laughs> well, this is the most recent iteration of them, so... Ha. It's still a work in progress. <laughs> yes, but I this is the one I like most so far, so... Of course, I've probably said that about every iteration. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all we really need to know about Mars Fixin'. 
Oh boy, we're already like going over this episode's length that I was aiming for. All right, moving on, moving on. Solaricurus, you know, we size. got you forgot size. Oh, again. size. So, yeah, these the would Agnosi as well. Oh, yeah, Agnosi would probably be the like a step below Canrappas, like they're pretty big. So, at this point, we've got humans averaging five foot six, then Agnosi somewhere between five foot six and six feet, and then Canrappas at six feet around, roughly, whatever. You know, get that idea. And then Mars Fixin would be the shortest ones. Like, they're going to be, like, 5'4", averaging. Short kings. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we, we got to get moving, and that's what the next species is all about. This is the Solaricurs. These are the speedy boys, because, let me tell you, these fools can run. So they've they've got a pretty similar composition to... Mars Fixin, although I imagine their head shape is like more streamlined, aerodynamic. Their ears are pointing back instead of up, you know, stuff like that. Ooh, I bumped my mic. And then they've got short, coarse hair. I, I can't think of like a creature that I could compare its hair to right now. But anyway, doesn't matter. In terms of coloring, they can be like varying shades of brown, black, Green even goes into their color scheme. Maybe even like duller shades of yellow. Yeah, so that's stuff like that. And when I say they can run, like let me... uh, I, I never clarified that. I did say that Mars Fixin can jump, but like... Like I literally have an instance in one of the stories that I'm working on writing right now <laughs> where one jumps onto the roof of a house from the ground because he can. Like one story house or two? Like story and a half. Ooh. So like just like more than double his height. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. They can jump. But Solaricurs are the fastest land mammals, creatures in general in this world. I've played by like around. A lot. Yeah, by like a lot. <laughs> I've I've played around with what their like speeds actually are. I have definitely toned them down from what they used to be. <laughs> they but were they were really fast. <laughs> they were so freaking fast. Um but yeah, I've toned them down but at the same time buffed them because let's just say when they're sprinting, they're going like 60 miles an hour, right? Right, but they're a little more casual running, you know. Whatever is probably more like forty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, these these creatures are very tough because this is the way I think about it in my head. It's like they have built-in roll cages, so if they trip at those speeds. They're probably going to survive unless they hit a rock in the middle of it or something. But you know, yeah, they can take a lot of impact. Don't get in a fist fight with one of these guys. Yeah, I was going to say they're adapted for the speeds, but they're definitely not because screw Darwin. They're built different. Literally. Yeah, they're <laughs> built different. They've got like these. Their tails are the longest of any of them. Um, They 
I imagine it as more like the sort of shape and thickness, flexibility of uh, what you would see from like, uh, how would you say? I don't know, like a raptor in any dinosaur movie, whatever, right? Yeah. That's kind of what I imagine their tails feeling like. Maybe a little more flexible than that. And then <laughs> their feet are the weirdest thing to me. I used, I have also played around with... I don't know why I'm like so concerned about why their feet should be such specific shapes because they need to function a certain way and whatnot. <laughs> I don't know why this is a problem to me. But for Solaricurus... Biology and stuff. Yeah. But it probably doesn't make sense anyway because their feet are like... They really don't have much uh, what you would call, I don't know, sole to their foot, right? The sole of your foot? Yeah. Or is that just for shoes? Oh, well. It's for feet. Okay, yeah. They don't really have much of a sole to their foot. Their feet are mostly these two giant long toes with, like, these wicked claws on the end that are, like, super stocky and powerful. But yeah. So, like, raptor feet? If When I say long, you're not thinking long enough. <laughs> so, like, extra raptor feet. Sure, why not? So how long, then? I'm not thinking long enough. <laughs> um, I don't know how to describe that. <laughs> like, compared to their foot length. All right, so I'm going to use my own foot as a reference. So imagine that you, you can use your foot too, because you can't see mine. Um, so imagine that they're that's like, what, the sole of you... their foot only goes like halfway, maybe a little more up your foot, right? Right. And then take the rest of your foot and double the length, and that's like the size of their toes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of toe. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's only... Unless you have any questions about that one, those species. No, just now I'm imagining these beefy, gnarly, like, strong as crap toes for running. Heck yeah. That's exactly. But yeah. Um. Oh, and then one difference between, like, the males and females is actually, like... Uh, there's not one from Mars Fixin. I know I skipped over that. I can't really think of a good defining detail between them. But for Solaricurs, it's like the females actually tend to be slightly bigger and have a row of small horns going up their face between their eyes. So they're cooler. Yeah. But the males tend to be faster. But everyone's super fast, so, you know. <laughs> so it's not when you're already faster than every other species does it really matter i bet it matters to them oh yeah it matters to them <laughs> especially if they're in like an isolated community with mostly just solaricers mm -hmm. it's like kindergarten if you're fast then you're cool heck yeah and then uh going on to the last species which is the least relevant because you hardly I can only think of one instance in any of my stories where you see them, <laughs> but they're there. Gosh darn it, they're there. Um, are thillions. 
And these are the aquatic sapient species of this world, which do not look anything like Vanadrin if you've listened to the other episodes. Um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even know this was a thing. I don't think I ever told you. You told me about them. Yeah. Um, But they've got six tentacles where legs would be, right? They've got also, the... you forgot to say how big Solaricurs oh, are. Oh, yes. Solaricurs would be like the step between humans and Agnasi. Right, so just a little bigger than humans. Yeah. Well, yeah, Thillians, they've got like six tentacles where legs would be. They've got a pretty humanoid tos- torso, I guess. I don't even know how to begin describing their heads. <laughs> Like, pick a fruit. <laughs> pick a fruit. I don't think there's a fruit that looks like that. Combined fruit. What? I said combined fruit. <laughs> um, no. How about this? Uh, if anything, their heads sort of look like an arrowhead. Interesting. Which side is up? Oh, so you're like, let's see the how how do I describe it? The diverging points, you know. I guess you've got the tip of the arrowhead, and then you've got the sides going back, right? Right. Those sides would be horizontal, not vertical. If I'm explaining that right. So like. The, there's the tip and then there's kind of the two flatter sides of the arrowhead. Those are like the sides of their head or like the front and the back. Um, So like the point of the arrow would basically be the tip of their snout-ish. They don't really have a snout, but... Oh, like the other, like a flat arrow. Yes. Problem. Like I said, they're hard to describe. Yeah. And also the least relevant, so I'm not even going to bother with colors or anything. Or their size, because honestly, I don't care <laughs> right now. Oh, you don't know, you mean. Shh, don't call me out like that. <laughs> and then I'm not going to go in-depth on any of these either, but you've got a variety of elemental spirits that I consider part of the races here. But again, rarely seen... Even among, even like canonically, rarely seen among the mortals. They're more stories. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then I don't know. Anything else you want me to describe? Oh, uh, you can. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. What were you gonna say first? I was just gonna say, you probably don't haven't thought of it or know, but for my own curiosity, and you can just make something up. This aquatic people, since there's so much more water than land, I imagine. Are there like a ton of them or is it like just they're only in like coastal regions? Um, I mean, I'd say they're like probably more populated than any of the land species that aren't humans, which, by the way, I have a term for all of those. Anyone who's not human is called a Naum. Mm-hmm. Nice. Just for ease of me explaining things like that. And do the water folk 
folk have like cities or they just kind of float around whatever yeah they've like, got cities they're like. the atlanteans <laughs> nice although they do occasionally interact with the surface people in fact the only instance i have where they appear they're actually acting as sort of protection and escorts for ships oh yeah you did tell me that i did i brief i remember that in something huh interesting but anyway, you had an epiphany before I interrupted you. Yes. I didn't explain how magic works in this world, which I'm not going to explain like different spells and whatnot because, yeah, I don't want to write all that out. And then, <laughs> yeah. But as for like who can use magic and whatnot, magic is something you have to be born with in my world. So if you, well, not necessarily. Uh, <laughs> not without some extra help from the dark arts, at least. Yeah, basically. But yeah, generally, you're either born a magician or not. And I'm going to start calling them magicians because every continent tends to have their own word for them. But magician is the transition term, so whatever but yeah Wait, so. so just clarify for me enabling that's like you don't you're not born with magic right or is it just like unlocking it you're not born with it interesting so yeah enabled are people who are born without magic but with the help of magicians gain it interesting and it's a terrible process in the eyes of everyone even Trinsa is very opposed to this the Trinsish people because that's a no matter where you go that is not morally good yeah <laughs> they I don't I mean just because they like magic doesn't mean they like at all you know expenses as a cost yeah. something like that as far as I've come up with they're only like two things that are strictly forbidden by literally everyone <laughs> that enabling being one of them are you just gonna make me wonder what the other one is <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you afterwards because i don't know if it's ever going to be relevant um so i don't want to mention it here <laughs> yeah all right that makes sense um but then besides those born with magic and those who are enabled to have magic. There's a very important category of people who are... This category is more numerous than full... Actually, no, I don't know. Probably less numerous than full-blown magicians and also less numerous than normal population. That could change, though. But these people are gifted, and that is... Or cursed, if you're in Quintessal, I guess. Um, <laughs> but these are people who are born with a, like, one ability, essentially. A very specific and small range of magic. And that is, like, crucial, because I have a lot of characters who are gifteds. You know what one I mean. One of my favorites, as well. Oh, really? I think so. Isn't Nalia gifted? Nalia? Yeah, she is. Then yes. 
Honestly, I've stopped thinking about her as gifted because she's like technically anti-gifted. <laughs> so I had to think about that for a second. But yeah. I mean, I won't get too much into it to spoil your spoilers, but I f feel like that's like in this world particularly, that's like such a powerful tool to have. Oh, yeah, it is. And hers is her particular, particular tool, especially. <laughs> but yeah, and then I guess just a fun little detail. Poor gifted people, if they ever wanted to become enabled, it doesn't work on them. I feel like that's probably a good thing. Yeah, they've they've already got their range of magic. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I guess I should mention something about the strength of magic and how it like contests itself and whatnot, right? Yeah. So, so in this world, it's like more often than not, you can like if you got into a full blown magic fight. Again, I'm not having like specific spells or anything for you to go write down and keep in your logbooks. Uh, but <laughs> generally, you know, you can win by being smarter rather than more powerful. But magicians can reach the point where they can just overpower you no matter what you do. <laughs> Visser. Uh, <laughs> He's such a cheater, bro. <laughs> I actually have two other magicians that could also do it. Could essentially just overpower everyone. To that extent, or not like this. Like again, I've I've joked around. Well, not joked around. Um, but like you know, giving you a sort of scale from one to ten level of magic. Ten being like the gods. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just say most magicians will range from like three to five. In terms of like raw magical strength, um, yeah. And is it like linear scale or like a like a logarithmic scale? Like, could two fives be to ten? No, it's or more would it take logarithmic. Like ten fives to be to six, like, kind of deal. Like we've talked about unordinary a lot. Yeah, we're thinking more about like unordinary's power scaling. Or. Honestly, sometimes in an ordinary, and this is one complaint I have actually, it feels like it's just bigger number beats any number of smaller numbers, right? Yeah, that does seem to be the case. Like they talk about people almost being as strong as other people, but then even when they're on a team, it's just like the bigger number wins always. <laughs> Which again, like I said, you can win by being smarter rather than more powerful in this world. Right, but that's I like mean, in heck. those lower, lower ranks, you know. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, a so like regular mage is never gonna outsmart Visser. Okay, even like... if he was like dumb, he just is so much <laughs> more powerful. <laughs> I was about to say, like, even if Visser wasn't powerful, I mean, I guess it still comes from his powerful. Even if he wasn't using his powerful, he'd still be smarter than you. <laughs> yeah, but even if he wasn't smart, he would still win. Yeah. Okay, we're just putting it this way. Visser just wins. How about that? <laughs> Is he a 10 or like a 9 or something? He would be like a 9 and a half. Nice. Mm -hmm. And then, but yeah, anyway, going back to the actual power scale, if someone was like a 4, 
Like, let's say you had two fours fighting a, I don't know, a seven, right? Those fours probably aren't going to win. Very unlikely, but they could still pull it off. That's nice. So there's like almost two scales of like just power is only one part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, if we're being real, finesse is more important than power. But at the same time, if you want to use a fire spell at, or like a water spell at someone or something, like let's just say you blast a jet of water at them, right? Like let's say a four did that to a seven and then seven just throws fire back at them. That fire is going to go straight through the water. <laughs> okay. And make, you know, a lot of steam. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I mean when I say you can just straight up overpower. Something that should cancel another spell out just won't. Stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but it's like, get a, yeah. if you sneak attack them or whatever. Yeah. Like, with the exception of Visser, uh, <laughs> you know, all the all the powerful magicians are just as flawed and vulnerable as normal people. There's no, like you know, protection enchantments or anything. They can do that, but most of them are probably not that intelligent. <laughs> it's not a well-researched area. Yeah. Yeah, in my world of magic, like, enchantments and potions are less of a focus for these people versus just, like, showing off what they can do themselves there in the moment, you know? Okay, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Not to say that those things don't exist, but it's not like Wings of Fire where you've got, you know, all these magic-touched items scattered all over the place. Yeah, it's kind of like, it sounds almost like academic, where it's like something you research and then finally pull off, like, one day, not something you kind of just do and it works out. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, I mentioned that Trinza has a university or academy, whatever, for teaching magic right yeah and and that's the thing like to get stronger with your magic because you can get stronger you're not locked into your power scale you just gotta research and practice nice hey remember when i said there's like two magicians besides uh viscer that could totally overpower people yeah kelwick ends up being one of those that i was kind of guessing that Mm mm-hmm but I just don't know much about him after the him like becoming enabled. Yeah. That's kind of his first step. I was gonna say your vision of Kelwick and mine are very different because my vision of Kelwick is more him post his story than it is <laughs> during his story. Yeah, mine's almost all pre uh leaving. Pre emigration. Yep. Uh all right. We are definitely going over. But so real quick, I guess, and we're going back to the power scale again. This isn't like an official way of measurement. This is just something to make it easier to understand. But, you know, if the average magician, full-blown magician is like a three to a five in terms of their power, a gifted is going to be like six to an eight with their specific range of magic. Which is a very narrow field 
Mm-hmm. So it's like because they have the opportunity to just practice this one thing over and over and over and over again. That's why they tend to be so much more powerful on average with just that thing. Right. So is it a practice thing or just like a natural because that's the only thing they can do thing? Mo- for the most part, it tends to be natural for gifteds because that's the only thing they can do. But like they can also practice and up it. <laughs> so like a regular mage couldn't reach a gifteds level just by focusing on one thing. Theoretically, one could, but why? <laughs> I don't know, to become really good at well, one thing. I mean, yes, but like, imagine this whole range of magic you could do. I mean, who was it, though? I think Bruce Lee said, I fear not the man who has practiced a thousand kicks one time, but the man who has practiced one kick a thousand times. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you could take that approach, but... Most people, if not all, would not. Yeah. yeah Although you could argue that. that is actually kind of the path Kelwick takes, which is why he ends up being so powerful. Because post-emigration, he focuses very strongly on elemental magic and kind of ignores most everything else. That makes sense, though, because elemental magic is sick. Heck yeah. But yeah, I think that's the basics of what we all need to know for Rizaya going forward. It's just a feeling, but I don't think we made it under an hour. Oh, we definitely did not. Currently, we're at about an hour and 15 minutes, including the break. And the beginning? No. Oh, okay. The recording itself is at an hour and 35 minutes. Okay, yeah, you probably aren't going to even get it down. I'll freaking get it down. <laughs> not not to an hour, but I'll get it down. <laughs> One day we'll have an episode less than an hour again. It'll just be the last episode. Only the first and last. The last shall be first and the first <laughs> shall be last. It'll be 59 minutes and 58 seconds to show that we've grown as people. And I'll dab on them. <laughs> I- I <laughs> they won't even be able to see it. I know, but I'll do it. It's the, it's a thought that counts. Exactly. But yeah, that was you know half as short as Darkstalker. Heck so. yeah, it was. <laughs> Still twice as long as I wanted it to be. <laughs> you thought you could do that in thirty minutes? I was aiming for like forty-five. <laughs> you. <laughs> So you were saying that it was just me who was delusional earlier, but I think you're also delusional. <laughs> okay, maybe no a little bit. But I also blame you for making me talk more. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got to be here for something. <laughs> to be fair, that is why I had you here instead of doing it on my own. Because <laughs> you did ask yeah. the clarifying questions I wanted you to ask. I had good questions. I also had a lot of just for me, nobody else is going to understand what the heck we're talking about questions. Yeah, so. we haven't explained Kelwick or Visser or Nalia or any of those people yet, and it's great. Just keep it's, giving them the taste. It's foreshadowing. This isn't okay. foreshadowing. We're just Practicing. slapping them across the face with a fish before saying, huh, you'll get to eat this eventually. It's... It's passive-aggressive foreshadowing. <laughs> All right. 
All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for uh, hopefully listening and following along with what I just rambled on about. Oh. But yeah, if you ever get confused in the future about what's happening in the stories that take place in this world, come back here and listen harder. Or more likely, you'll have changed it by then, so you'll just re-explain it anyway. Uh, I'm scared of that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, most of this stuff will probably stay the same. Yeah, probably. Anyway, that's been us. Yep. Been this thing.